Hi, this is Aaron Hickman from the Retro Obscura Podcast, and you're listening to Two Dudes and a Ness. Justin. What's up, man? Uh, hey, not Justin. Much. Oh, no. We've been... Oh, no. We've been uh, attacked. Hey, Justin. <laughs> what? What's hey. up, man? <laughs> uh, <laughs> unfortunately, that's too perfect. Uh, tonight, we have... Uh, I'm not going to say special guest, but we have a guest. Special uh, term. And his name is Aaron Hickman. Hey guys, how's it going? I, you know, that bumper that I did, was that five years ago now? It's Four been years? a long time. Yeah. Probably, yeah. I, I swear, I was talking time. to you guys before we came on. I said there must have been I, my my baby daughter must have been asleep in the other room or something because I sounded really quiet and yeah. like I was afraid to wake the baby. I'm like, this is Aaron from Retro Obscura. You're listening to two dudes in a nest. Oh, just wait. It gets better because uh, oh, I've got boy. all the. You're gonna. You're gonna be the. Got my raid from uh, all the segments. Was it raid from Bungling Bay? Yeah. So I remember, like, I guessed it on Star Tropics, which is years back, and I think I also did bumpers for you for raid on Bungling Bay. Yes. So I I dipped back into the raid on Bungling Bay episode and pulled out all your oh, your Lord. announcements. So just for this oh, show, Lord. you could do it all over again. So I guess you could say two guests or will be here tonight. Aaron Hickman and Aaron Hickman from five years ago. Exactly. <laughs> There's a difference, folks. There is a big difference. <laughs> well, we'll let the, we'll let the listener be the judge of that. No, it's not that big of a difference. Uh, well, Aaron, uh, I hate to ask this, but do you want to tell people what show you're from? <sighs> well, I would say Retro Obscura, but like we're on again, off again. We're like that. You know, that couple that you're not sure if they're going to stay together or not. Uh, no, the main show I'm on right now is Genesis Gems. Which is... I'm sorry. What show the is that? Podcast? What's going on? I'm sorry. I, I missed it. What show did you say you were on? Uh, I am on a little show called Genesis. <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I won't do this. Genesis. I'm on Genesis Gems. Okay. <laughs> That's good. All right. We'll take okay. it. Okay. <laughs> we got through that. Oh no, but you're on right. uh, you're you're more on for your retro obscura uh show because tonight we're gonna talk about a little game called Clash at Demon Head. Yeah, which we covered last year. Uh we did. Yeah, nice. So uh, you should be the expert on this game. Or at least that's what we're hoping. I hope so, because, I mean, I just beat it. Just beat it? This podcast. No, apparently, what my co-host from Retro Obscura told me was, I think we beat it for our show. Totally forgot, which is completely possible, because I have a hard time remembering anything from the past year right now. Uh-oh. Did you get that's hit in the head or something? <laughs> yeah. Hit in the head, something like that. No, I I don't know, I don't know. It's just I I played Clash of Demon Head, and I'm sure we'll get into this. I played it for the other show, 
And I remember getting to the end, but I couldn't remember if I got to the final boss and beat the game or not, which is just strange. Like you, you should be able to remember if you beat a game or not. So I maybe don't know not this happened. game. Yeah, this oh, game well. is a it's a little bit confusing. So maybe 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 you didn't remember. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, before yeah. we talk about the game, though, Justin, I was talking to you a little bit before the show, and I just wanted to dig in just a little bit di- deeper on this tangent. Um, I went and spoke to our alma mater middle school, the Fort Loudon mm-hmm. uh, Middle School Braves, as an adult going back and talking to the STEM class about engineering, and I was thinking. That is something that I should tell Justin, and I want to tell him on the air. And so now that I've said that, I realize that this is kind of a boring topic, and we can move on. But if you want to elaborate, we can. <laughs> yeah. Did you motivate him? Did you oh, get yeah. him going? Totally motivated. I went in there and I said, "I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah. I don't have a soundboard, but that's I'm, okay. I'm that, no, I like that. I like that. That's pretty. That's oh, pretty good. That's pretty good. Warming up the pipes. Yeah. Uh, let's see, I got one of these. Yeah. Ooh, All right. Nice. Uh, no, I went in there and I said, hey, uh, I'm an engineer and I want to talk to you about soil and concrete. And they all laid their heads down. One kid said, you mean dirt? And I said, yeah. yeah, well, between the I thought hours- you were going to walk in and be like, Mr. You'd be like Michael Scott and walk in and be like, hey, Mr. Scott, what you going to do? What you going to do? Make our dreams come true. <laughs> or you remember the episode of The Office where he goes and talks to Ryan's junior college <laughs> class business class yes the yes. greatest the greatest threats facing america al-qaeda <laughs> well i can't remember it was the gosh that was so funny but, yeah uh, that was i should have done that lead right. poisoning or something was this <laughs> um oh, what yeah. joke did you do that had them rolling Oh, I did. Your I, big opener. I didn't come in with a joke, unfortunately. I came in oh. all about knowledge. Oh. Well, I guess the only joke I had was when the kid said, uh, "You mean dirt?" I said, mm-hmm. "Well, in the engineering field, from the hours of eight to five, we call it soil, and, oh. then, and then after hours, we can start calling it dirt." And that yeah. was that one just had them rolling because it was so funny. That was like a slow burn. I bet yeah. you they got it. Yeah. They, oh, got they got it once they got they want they got it once they got home and they, and then they thought <laughs> not funny at all not not even close that's okay that's all right oh well oh well we let's gonna... let's talk about Clash of Demon that's got to be way more interesting than uh, middle school kids right been talking to middle Just, school kids I don't know maybe, <laughs> maybe they're fans of Clash of Demon maybe you should have know. talked to them about that maybe you I, should have. Actually, you should have said, I know I'm here to talk about engineering, but I really just want to tell you about this podcast. (laughs) You should go up there and be like, you know what? This whole presentation is a huge tangent for my podcast. Exactly. (laughs) So I'm really here to talk about two dudes and an S. Exactly. Yeah, I should have done that. And they would have said, "Uh, what's a Nintendo? Exactly. Right? Yeah. And then I would have to go on that. Grandparents played with Yeah, exactly. Well, one kid did come up to me after the class was over and said, "Hey, do you know my mom?" <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> weird question depending on the context. Well, and it turns out uh, we do, Justin. I, I don't remember her exactly, but uh, she's thirty, like four years old, and went to Loudon High School. But I didn't recognize her name. Yeah. So I was oh, like, there you cool. go. Yeah. 
I guess so I, I bet you, it sounds like his mom was like, hey, I know that guy. And like, did she just tell her son to come up and talk to you? She might have. Yeah, how wow. did that, how did, yeah. He was a very forward little boy. We'll just say that. He, he was the one that asked me if, if, it was, if I was wanting to talk about dirt. So. Very right. nice. Instead of talking about dirt, let's talk about the history of Clash of Demon. Justin's historical tidbits and trivia. First, before we get to, to history, uh, I did find out what the five Goliaths that America was facing, according to Michael Scott. It's uh, Al-Qaeda, global warming, sex predators, and mercury poisoning. Oh. And yes, that's only four. <laughs> there nice. are five. That's the joke, right? <laughs> right. Hey, mercury poison is a pretty big deal. I, I, have you uh, you've been eating a lot of tuna lately? As far as I know, Justin, you had any I, issues with mercury so, tuna, mercury uh, poisoning? Probably. I just haven't realized I, it yet. I have something interesting about mercury poisoning that I found out. Uh, so apparently, there was like a wireless controller made for the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, and it had mercury inside it. Um, so it was yeah, it was literally a poisonous controller. Uh, <laughs> Nice. But that was what they were trying to do for motion controls, was you put mercury inside and it would uh, kind of separate and move one direction or the other. So, huh, that makes sense. Crazy. Yeah. Have you seen the, uh, the video of the guy that's got, he's just playing with mercury and he puts an anvil on it and it floats? No, oh, he puts an I've not seen on it. Yeah, he puts an anvil in a like a bucket of mercury, and it just floats on top of it. Oh, that's because the mercury has higher density than iron, I guess. So yeah. it's just floating in some mercury. That's cool. mercury is just a fluid. Yeah. Hold on, just a minute. Okay. Well, Stop I'll, talking. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I really, really wanted Aaron. I really, really wanted to get that on the soundboard. Just for tonight. Yes. But, you know, I wanted it too. And I think I lost my copy first because it's like when Nick and I record, he's like, hey, record a backup for me just in case. And then I record it and then I delete it as soon as he's like, oh, okay, I'm good. And then uh, w with that one, I think you guys know the story, which is we were recording Aladdin and um, Nick in a moment of transgression said, you know what? I think I actually like the Super Nintendo version of Aladdin better and I had hit the mute button on Skype but I was recording on Audacity which does not pay any attention to your mute button right and I said very loudly <laughs> it's my kids the door was closed so they couldn't hear me so I said stop talking very loudly and <laughs> on the podcast and so it sounded like I was telling Nick to stop talking and that just sort of became an in-joke for your your favorite Sega Genesis podcast. So it was probably my favorite moment that you guys ever had when you yelled <laughs> when you yelled at Nick to stop talking. <laughs> That's hilarious. And he's such a mild-mannered um, guy that, like, if I ever told him to actually stop talking, he'd probably be taken aback, like, "Huh, me? Stop? Yeah. Guess I'll stop talking." <laughs> yeah. oh, he probably yeah, stopped talking. Stop talking for a while. <laughs> All right. Speaking of stop talking, stop talking. Yes. Uh, yeah, yes, sir. 
All right. History. But we've got a guest. We're on this streak of guests. We oh, might as no. well be on a streak of a quiz game. Oh, I, don't, I don't stand a chance against the uh, human Wikipedia here. You said that last time we had Aaron on. It's the Star Tropics episode, but you upset him. I know. You beat Aaron. Can I interject real quick? Did you guys realize that you had you had Rain Warrior on? Brad Smith, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Talk about his game. Did you realize that he was the guy who found that crazy music bug in Star Tropics that we talked about that episode? I did. I didn't make that connection that. until later. Yeah, he mm-hmm. was the one who realized there was a weird looping bug in there that killed the music while you're listening to it, mm-hmm. or like one of the channels. Interesting. It's all a big circle, guys. Wow. Circle of life. Small world. Well, I'm going to take some credit in that, right? I mean, we brought it full circle somehow. That's true. That's true. Right. And tonight, we have Aaron on, and Aaron was the fill-in for you on that episode about halfway through. That's true. That's and now true. he's bringing this knowledge about Brad, who we had on the show as well. It's just mind-blown. Mind-blown. That's right. That's right. All right, so we're going to do a quiz game again tonight. Now, Michael's been on a bit of a slump here lately. His, his, uh, his definitely his hitting percentage has gone down. So let's see if he can bring it back up. You know, the first year... the upset again. The first year that we introduced this uh, quiz game against me, me versus the, the guests, right? I think mm-hmm. I went undefeated like that whole first year. And oh, then man. Since, yeah. then, you, since then, I've been... Was that because uh, you were up against the Mario soundboard the whole time? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> uh, you were one of those Mario soundboards. Thank you very much. Hey. Well, I'm sorry. Aaron right, from five years ago see. was. Yes. Let's see if Aaron present there and can beat Michael this time. Okay. So as you know, the way we play the game, read the question buzz in by saying your name there'll be three to four selections or choices for each question you do not have to wait for me to read them all you can buzz in at any time all right so the first question is this game is brought to us by Bic tokai who is not buzz. a person you don't even know what the question is. No. <laughs> okay, finish. Sorry. Are we yeah. supposed to wait till the uh, the an- like you give you all the answers? You can buzz in at any time. Well, but d- let him answer. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, sorry. Finish your question. No, no, you got to answer now. The answer is 42, obviously. No. All right. <laughs> Go ahead and finish. Poor, poor Michael. So this game was brought to you by Vic Takai, which was owned by the parent company, the Takai Corporation. What did that company, what was that company known for? Was it an A, electrical utilities company, B, a natural gas company, C, an oil company, or D, an engineering company? My... Mike? What, can I have the, the things one more time? They're known for making mics. <laughs> Electric company, natural gas company, oil company, or engineering company? Uh, I'm going to say engineering because engineering can be a whole bunch of different things. 
That is incorrect. You are wrong. That's got to be correct. <laughs> Aaron. Yes. Would you like to take a choice out of the three that are left? Sure. Let's go with... Uh... What were the other choices? I heard gas. What were the other two? Electrical company, an electric utilities company, a natural gas utilities company, or an oil company. Let's go with oil company. That is incorrect. Fantastic. Mike, did I get get another chance? This is a banner podcast, guys. So we're between electric and (laughs) natural gas now, huh? I'm going to go with electric. Cause well, then I'm going to go I'm, with natural gas then. I'll let Aaron have the... I'll take the last choice. Then Mike gets it on the last choice. <laughs> oh. oh! Kai Corporation is a Japanese natural gas utility that was founded in 1950 that obviously got involved in little data processing services and computer hardware around April 1982, and they created Vic Takai, which I honestly thought was probably a person. But Vic Takai is not a person. Vic Takai stood for valuable information and communication. And the Takai part, of course, just being from the parent company. So there you go. Okay. The more you know. All right. The better you feel. Now you'll eat beans for every meal. That uh, that question landed with a thud. So let's (laughs) uh, let's go to the question number two. Clash at Demon Head was the band name for what comic book Mike. character? Mike. I know Scott this Pilgrim. one. It yeah. is Scott Pilgrim. So Mike takes an early commanding 2-0 lead on that one. Now, Scott Pilgrim's um, creator, Brian O'Malley, uh, put that into the comic and movie, subsequent movie, because that was the first video game that he ever played was Clash at Demon Head. I think it's cool so, how he turned it into a band name in the book. It's a good band name. Really I, gotta say I could answer a, a bonus trivia question. But Aaron, how about, you, how about you make the bonus trivia question and see if I get it? Sure. And then I'll just take another okay. point over top of it. Here you go. So If I get it wrong, at... you get the point. Okay. Here we go. We're getting making All things right, interesting here we go. now. Here we go. This is interesting. In the movie Scott Pilgrim versus the World, the band Clash at Demon Head is a band in the film. Uh, the lead singer is portrayed by Brittany Murphy. Blah, blah, blah. Justin. Who is the actual band that the song they oh, perform? Who is it by? I do know this. Uh, it's a Canadian band. Who is it? It's like Metric yeah. or something like that. Oh, good job. Was it Metric? It was Metric. Good oh, job. Yes. I'm just making you feel good tonight. Yeah, I'm feeling I'm like on top of the on top of the world tonight. <laughs> all right, all right. All hey, right, anyways, all right. what I was also gonna say that I was a little disappointed. And one of the reasons I know the answer to that question, Aaron, is because I was really disappointed that Clash of Demon Head was not like some kind of metal band. It was, <laughs> it was like a alternative poppy type of thing. So anyways. Or punk, like pop punk or something. Yeah, it was kind of an indie indie pop band. The Clash of Demon had just sounded so much like a metal band to me. Like well, an it 80s sounds like mix, Clash, hair metal right? It sounds like thrash, yeah. Clash is playing on top of a mountain. <laughs> exactly. That's great. You hear, hey, guys, you hear who's opening for Guar? Clash of Demon Head. Ooh. Yeah, see, that makes sense. Not, hey, did you hear who's opening for Green Day? Clash at Demon Head. 
Yeah, exactly. Doesn't make sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, question three. Mike. Aaron. In Nintendo Power's January-February 1990 uh, magazine, they had a four-page exclusive on this game. But what game was on the cover? And I'll give you a hint. Rob Luther was on the show when we talked about this game. Was it A, Batman, B, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, C, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, uh, so Aaron. all the, the Rob's been on all those episodes, so that's not a hint. <laughs> right, uh, exactly. We're going with 1990. Can can we shoot for? Uh, hmm. How about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two? It is not Teenage Mutant. Uh, Dang, man, I know. I'm gonna go with now. Batman then. It's Batman. Hmm. Batman was the Rigged. cover on uh, the Nintendo Power for this, where this game was featured in. Jack Nicholson on the cover as the Joker. I remember nice. that. Ah. In your defense, Aaron, I probably would have guessed Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles too if you hadn't already took it off the list. He, he threw in a trick, which was Rob was on all these episodes. Yeah, it wasn't a hint. Yeah. It was just yeah. knowledge. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Uh, well, it'd been too easy if I just give you one. That he That's saw. true. How can I redeem myself, Justin? You can redeem yourself by answering this question. Ooh. One of the character, the character that you're helping to save in this game is named Professor Plum. Which country grows the most plums? <laughs> is it A, Serbia, <laughs> B, USA, C, Romania, or D, China? Oh. Uh, I, I don't want to answer that question quite yet. I just want to say, awesome question. That's the kind of <laughs> questions we need on this show. Oh, Lord. Also, I took my teeth out because I really felt like I was lisping too much. Um, I was having okay. trouble talking, so my teeth are out. Great. Oh, you have teeth? Since when? You don't have teeth? <laughs> I mean, mine usually just stay out in a jar uh, next to some eyeballs in the bathroom, but I don't know. (laughs) Aaron obviously doesn't listen to the show. That's okay. I've got the the invisible braces. (laughs) And so sometimes they uh, prevent me from talking. I just like to razz you. That's okay. It's all right. Just remember who's got the soundboard. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyways, I I guess I'll I'll guess. Uh, Mike, I'll say United States. Uh, it's not the United States. Oh, good. They're like well down the list. Like, What about China? It is China. Yes! A question I had no China. way of knowing, and I got it right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You guys like plums? Uh, nah. Plums not really. are pretty good. Um, they're better than prunes. I like prunes better, actually. I like prunes better, you know, too. Oh, here's a here's another bonus. This is for Justin. Do you know what Worf from Star Trek Next Generation's favorite drink is? It's pretty Prunchy. obvious. Yes. <laughs> he, he calls it a warrior's drink in the show. It like, is the warrior's mm, drink. That's a warrior's drink. It makes drink. you a bathroom warrior. <laughs> All right. All right, so Mike is is technically one, even though Aaron got the plum question, which should count for like two. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll allow it. <laughs> Mike's still lying, but we'll go to the last question, which is not my proudest question. Oh. I, was kind of, I was I was running low on things to ask. So, how long after the release in Japan did it's re- did this game get released in the United States? Was it A one month, B six months, C one year, or D two years? Oh, uh, Aaron. Aaron. Um. So you were saying, what was it? A year was one of the choices, right? Right. Yeah, I'm going to go for a year. Yeah, it was a year. Aaron with the comeback there. Uh, but it wasn't enough to overtake. Oh, man. Michael, who Poor is now 2-0 and o against Aaron. Percy takes some kids to school, and then he takes me to school. What's up with that? <laughs> oh, man. I'm so sorry, Aaron. Just had to. Oh. <sighs> I wonder like, if Brian O'Malley is related to Mike O'Malley. The guy who made it, Scott Pilgrim, is he related to the guy from Guts? I don't uh, know. You know what? That's a good question. I think the answer is, why don't you have him on the show and find out? Which one? Mike O'Malley? Who's who's the harder get, Mike O'Malley or Brian O'Malley? I would say Mike O'Malley. You think well, he's the harder get? At this point, I, I know, think he's uh, banned <laughs> by the river by now. <laughs> The only reason it might be hard to get Mike O'Malley is because he's probably dropped off the face of the earth. And you'd have to find he's, him. He's like funny. a big star. He's a stud. He's he's doing everything. It'd be funny to get Mike O'Malley on the show and like all the things that he's done. And then we only want to talk about guts. <laughs> yeah. No, the, the bigger get would be uh, the guy from Nick Arcade. That would be the better get. Because he yeah. actually talked about NES games. That would be. Who was that guy? Ooh, that's we should a question get, you need. We should get Mike O'Malley on the show and then talk about Scott Pilgrim the whole time. <laughs> like, so Phil how'd you Moore. come up with the idea of Scott? What Pilgrim? a name, Phil Lamar. Uh, Phil Moore. That's who it was. Yeah, what a name, Phil Moore. Phil Moore, yes. what? Like Phil Moore, like Phil the Moore town act raiser. <laughs> Phil Moore butts. Phil Moore butts. Yes. Is that like Seymour butts, brother? Yeah. yeah. Hey, brother Fillmore. Okay, so you guys, you guys like Mike O'Malley from Guts. I remember Mike O'Malley from what was that show? Yes, dear, yes, I think it's called. Yeah, oh, yes, dear, man, was a good show. I love that show. So, wait, but back to Guts. Did you ever play the Super Nintendo game? Because it was atrocious. I can only imagine that it would be super disappointing. It was well, like uh, American Gladiators on NES is way better. Like, sadly, that's the gold standard of like American extreme sports tv show video games apparently well that's a pretty fun game it's pretty terrible it is it's like one of those guilty pleasures i guess for me anyway same here yeah i think i say that about every nes game though because i'm on a sega podcast so i say like every every nes game i play is a guilty pleasure just true true (laughs) just like every genesis game i never even attempt to play no, never. You never played a Sega game in your life. Nope, never played one ever. Justin That's looked at a one. Lie. Once. <laughs> uh, let's get back on track here. Okay, yeah. sorry. Sorry, too many tangents. What show am I on? Yeah, really. Um, so, Michael, did you have this game? Did you go on a quest to find this game? Michael's quest to find the cart. 
Uh, I just love the, the old five-year-old Aaron. <laughs> no, sorry, not five-year-old Aaron. That, we don't, I don't. He's not the one that did the vocals. Aaron from five years. <laughs> five-year-old Aaron. He was like twenty-seven. Twenty. Yeah, I was uh, a young lad. No, okay. Uh, did I have this cart? Well, Justin, I went on a magical quest to find this cart. It's kind of confusing. Uh, there was bunch of different routes I could take um, but I took all of them and at the end of that long journey was a cartridge of Clash of Demon Head but first Ooh. I had to defeat a bunch of boyfriends of some girl and then I could have it <laughs> so I beat up a bunch of boyfriends and uh, went down like 40 different roads and finally got uh, got a copy of Clash of Demon Head. Great nice. job. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. That was a, a true story. Um, yeah, a true underdog story. That's right. <laughs> no, that's not, remember that in that's not the truth. That was... That's not the truth. Yeah. The truth is, yes, I have a copy of this game. I got it um, many, many years ago. And I just thought it looked cool, and I thought, and I liked the name of it, and I just grabbed it. I don't even—I think it was just at a, a retro game store, or maybe McKay's actually. But, I think it was McKay's. I just picked it up. That's interesting that you said that because I was reading that like the when they were you know marketing this game for the U.S., they didn't believe that because uh, you know all the the animation in the games kind of anime looking. But yeah. they didn't think that like the you know U.S. people would like respond to anime, so they they like hired out to make this totally uh, U.S. looking box art. It is pretty sweet. Like, I admit, it's just and they get like a sci-fi artist to do the art. Mm -hmm. well, I mean, it's it totally worked. It's effective because that's I would not have picked it up based on what the game itself looks like. I picked so it up based on anime, the It was like anime yeah. art. You wouldn't pick it up. No, no, definitely not. But the, because it said, because the name of it was Clash at Demon Head and it showed some Rambo looking dude with a laser gun on the cover and some chick in a short skirt, I thought, whoa, this is my kind of game. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and what's crazy is like, wait, do you even face these, maybe one of these monsters you face in the, in the actual game? A lot of it's really like, beating up googly-eyed flying bats and stuff <laughs> yeah and the guy uh the guy that you're actually shooting with the laser on the cover of the game kind of looks like your buddy tom in the tom. game so i don't know why you'd be shooting but is that wait is that tom i mean he's kind of got like a skull thing i thought maybe that was tom guycott yeah yeah, I don't know. You got Iron Man. Icot's like a fake out boss in the game. You think, oh, he's gonna be the final boss? No, he's not the final boss in the game. You got Iron Man over here toward the toward the uh, right. Oh yeah, Have riding like a motorcycle or something. Yeah, uh, like an air motorcycle. The Clash of Demon Head Japanese art. It's not. It's actually not too bad. I have not, but I will. I will look it up right now because. I have yeah. That. Well, I will uh, also just post it right here in Slack. Oh, okay, yeah, that works. Yeah, so it, so the the Japanese art definitely looks a lot more uh, anime ish. 
but not bad. Like, uh, if you guys ever played Legend of the Mystical Ninja, yeah, he's he looks just like him. <laughs> yeah, that's what it reminds me of. It's definitely but got yeah, more of an anime feel. Yeah, he looks much more like a bro with those like steel, those steel shoulder pads. It looks crazy. It's but like the cool the Japanese box art makes more sense for the game. It actually has characters from the game. It looks like the people. It does. Yeah, it does make more sense. It's even got the the old mystic dude that you meet, uh, who gives you those powers, the force powers. Yeah. Which is like it's great that they call them force powers because it's, it's basically implying that you're a Jedi. It's really what the game implying. <laughs> uh, well, before we really dig into the game, did you guys? Uh, did either of you have this game? Have you ever picked it up? Yeah, so I had it in multiple points in my life. Unfortunately, not right now, but uh, we had it when I was a kid, and I remember being very fond of this game uh, and not getting very far, especially because of the systems, like the map system and stuff that we'll describe later, but I just... I got a kick out of it, and, and the songs, though they were kind of basic, uh, they really get stuck in your head, especially the, the main adventuring theme, and I don't know, the game kind of did it for me, Like, but the, the most vivid memory I have as a kid is just like the angel rising out of you <laughs> when you die, because <sighs> mm. there were a few games like that that, that would do that, um, so that was very specific, and I remember that, um, but yeah, I... This is a game like I liked, and whenever I was collecting NES games, I made sure it was in my collection. And thankfully, it's one of those games that is fairly common. It's not too hard to pick up. And don't spoil the uh, price like Stephen Michael did last week or last episode. Uh, no, the so price is. We'll save, we'll save that for for the end of the episode. Twenty rupees. Yeah. All right. So let's rubies? talk. Let's uh. Let's just Those dig rubies. into the. Let's just dig into the game. But before we do that, uh, let's stop, take a break, and get a word from our sponsor. The game discussion. <laughs> All right, we're back for the Swear game I have discussion. A do you think you ever had a cold, I, really? Yeah, I must have had a head cold or something, or I was just like, I was so afraid of waking the baby. I'm like... Uh, Hold on. Okay, time out. Hold on. Everybody be quiet. We're going to really dissect this. I'm going to turn the volume up a little bit. Let's really dissect this. Ready? Yes. Yes. The game discussion. The game discussion. Okay, now, now Aaron <laughs> from today, say the same thing. The game discussion. The game discussion. Play it again. Play it. Yeah. It the actually game. sounds like he's trying to hold back vomit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, you may have been sick. Hold on. The game discussion. this. The game discussion. <laughs> you do sound younger too, though. I don't know. Yeah, I do. And it's really five years can do a lot to the voice, apparently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you also lost a bunch of weight during that time too, didn't you? I did. That so, can like, have a big effect a on your third, voice. Second or third chin when I was 27 <laughs> peeking out there. Yeah, so oh, maybe. yeah. I was like 70 pounds heavier when I recorded that. So that may have something to do with it too. You never know. Yeah. You know what I noticed? When I would read my kids' stories, like, I would get out of breath. That was the craziest thing. That's the most vivid memory I have from that point. Like, not even... 
podcast. It's just like trying to record, like trying to read them a story about like Goldilocks and the Three Bears, and like I'm just like so out of breath by the end of the page. Like, why can't I? Why can't I read this and like like a normal person? So yeah, I remember that. I'm sure Sorry, you feel, back to- feel a lot better now. You can I record did. a whole podcast without running out of breath. I can record a whole podcast without taking a single breath. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that whole technique that, um, what's that? Uh, oh, Kenny G. It's, it's circular breathing. That's what he does. It's what I do oh, when I record okay. podcasts. So you talk inwardly and outwardly. Yes. Oh. What, does he really do that? <laughs> Uh, yeah, he does a circular breathing technique, actually, where he can hold a note for 30 minutes or longer. Yes, this is true. That is ridiculous. Huh. It kind of reminds me of the, the only thing I ever think of is that Tenacious D skit where he talks about inward singing. Inward singing, yeah. Yeah, that's that's great. All right, let's talk about Clash of Dina now. To start us off, uh, shall we go with the manual? We should. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. Because we have to, we have to talk about this main character's name. We have to dish on that. We have to dish on that. We also have to talk about this story because the story is is bonkers. Uh, bonkers. <laughs> so let me just let me kick it off with the story from the manual. Here we go. Yeah. Let me get. A, I'm gonna get a sip of water and clear my throat. I'm gonna do this right. <clears throat> I'm gonna get a bear, a big American bear. No, I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't even. Family friendly or family friends. That's right. I'm sorry. A root beer, folks. Hey, well, okay. No, I'll go off on a little bit of a tangent here. Uh, because you, you mentioned beer. I'm thinking, just yes. I have never done, at least we may have had a beer or two before doing the podcast, but we've never done a podcast where we've really been drinking. And I not think, either. I think that for me, I think I would rather do one not drinking because for, I always think I'm funnier when I'm drinking. And realize later on that I was not. Yeah, you're probably not. I think yeah. you're probably looser. Yeah. So your your speech is, you know, your the stuff that pops into your head right away. You might say that, like the stuff you would say without thinking, like I, I hate Genesis gems. Like you might just say that without even going to that verse. So, or you know what, I, I hate Justin. Or uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you, you never know. That to Justin. He's a nice guy. I don't know about you, Mike, but Justin's a nice guy. Oh, I'm a terrible person. So. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I've never, I've never had alcohol uh, while doing a podcast, like ever. The only time I've ever really had alcohol is like I'm. You have to be. You have to understand. I didn't have alcohol until I was 27, guys. So. Oh wow. Back when Aaron was doing your the, the bumper for you, uh, that was the first That's time. That's ever- what it was. He was on <laughs> a bender. Was. <laughs> he was on a bender. That explains it. Mm. Uh, well, All I don't right. know. I just I just thought it was interesting because I was thinking about it when you mentioned that. But we've never done the podcast with alcohol in us, and I would be curious what would happen. But I think we would probably be better off never doing. I think that. we probably just should not figure that out. Yeah, I'm with you. All right. Anyways, story. <laughs> <clears throat> In the year 1990X, so this, Ooh, this, is, this has already happened. Does that mean it's 2000? Uh, because 19- the X, does it mean 10? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. I, this actually might not be 1990-something. It might be 19,910. Oh. 
I guess they do that in Japanese games, like in Mega Man series, to kind of give you a vague sense of, oh, we don't know, it's just in the future. It's, it's in the future. Yeah, it's sometime during that decade, right? Yeah. Although they so should put a two. So was everyone flannel? <laughs> <laughs> Listening to Nirvana? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. In the year 1990X, a secret command, Saber Tiger, is engaged in a, in a savage war with the Demon's Battalion. The Saber Tiger's youngest leader, Bang, played a very large role in the fight to the admiration of his fellow commanders. After the completion of one campaign, Bang and his girlfriend, Mary, are enjoying a long-awaited vacation at the beach. Suddenly, they receive an urgent communication from headquarters. It reads, Emergency Code Number 2568623. The uh, inventor. Yeah, the one that's a little bit worse than 2568622. Uh huh, exactly. <laughs> yes. Uh, the inventor of the Doomsday Bomb, Professor Plum, is being held by the enemy atop Demon's Head Mountain. And it appears. Time that the... out. Okay. Professor Plum. Just, I mean, who would have thought that he would be responsible for the destruction of the whole world? <laughs> yeah, right. like Professor Plum. Sorry, I thought. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. No, I'm with you because I think. I, I. You know, I thought he was just like in the observatory with the pipe or something. You know, I didn't think he yeah. was on top of the mountain with a doomsday bomb. Well, it's like you what? think. Like, um, I think it was like Metal Gear Two or something. One of the Metal Gear games, and it's like Professor Modnar. He, you know, or kill. You know, it's like kill or mad or something like. That makes him sound evil. Yeah. Plum. This guy's Professor Plum. He probably I wears just, plum suits. I the, see, like, I just picture Grimace from, like, McDonald's. He McDonald's Grimace. looks, when you get to that part in the game where you actually need him, spoiler, he looks like Weird Al Yankovic. That's what I was thinking. He does look like <laughs> Weird Al. Uh, Lazy. The whole idea of Professor Plum in this game is weird to me because he's, He's like a good guy, but he invented yeah. a doomsday bomb, and his name is <laughs> Professor Plum. It's just yeah. really off the wall. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty absurd. It's always the ones you least suspect. And can yeah. I also say that this is something... The Nintendo Power uh, it magazine showed Bang's full name. Would you like to know what it is? Because they don't say it in the game or in the movie. Oh, it's Billy Bang... Blitz. <laughs> it's Sergeant oh. Billy. Big Bang Blitz. Big Bang Blitz. Not just Bang. Bartholomew. Bastion Balthazar Bucks. <laughs> that was that, that reminded, see, his name reminds me of the kid from Never Ending Story. He was Balthazar Bastion Bucks. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. But yeah, Billy Blanks. The Tybo instructor, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he's the star of the game. I got it. Got it. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Okay, cool. Yeah. So uh, let's see. If the bomb explodes, the Earth will be a dead planet. It won't. It won't be. It won't be destroyed. It'll just be dead. It'll still be a planet. It'll still be floating around. It'll just be a dead planet. A mass <laughs> attack on Demon Head is impossible for the enemy vows to detonate the bomb on sight. Our colleague, Joe has failed to return from a reconnaissance mission. Bang, only you can rescue Professor Plum and save the planet. 
Now, you've got to get to Demon's Head Mountain at once. In the ruins on Demon's Head, there dwells a fearsome demon that has terrified generations of people. Boy, this says demon a lot. I'm glad I took my teeth out. <laughs> bang and Bang alone must set out on a daredevil mission to these unknown lands and seek to rescue Plum and de deactivate the Doomsday Bomb. As Bang like sets that. off on his perilous mission to destroy the demon's battalion, Mary must remain behind, deeply concerned for his life. <laughs> <laughs> Mary, who's completely useless in this game for no reason at all, because it was 1990 and they were different times. Yeah, and also, and I love the line that Bang and Bang alone must set out. And then pretty early in the game, you just get a bunch of help from a bunch of other people. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, there are plenty <laughs> of random NPCs to encounter. Before we get to that, though, guys, uh, I had a very important plum joke to tell you. Oh. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready. Hey, guys, did you ever hear about the plum joke? No. No. It was pitiful. <laughs> Ooh. That's good. Oh. I was just trying to think of the worst. You kind of start out with the worst one, so you lower people's expectations. Yeah. And then you come back with a real zinger later, and I'm like, oh, he's playing on, the wrong I, game. I, I, tell us that joke one more time. I think it was, it's part of, partly the delivery's fault. So let's, let's get you Yeah. Here we go. Let's try this again. Hey, Michael. Yeah. Did you Aaron? ever hear that plum joke? No. A joke about the plum? It was pit to full. <laughs> Thank you. There we go. That was good. That's good. Get no respect. No respect. <laughs> All right. So, I guess uh, you already mentioned your thoughts on it when you were a kid, Aaron. When I was a kid, I did not have the game. I'd never even heard of it. I got it as much older in my 20s. Did you? Did you feel like, uh, compared to other games that came out in 1990, that this was a little less graphically advanced? Uh, yeah. Did you get that feeling? I get the vibe, yeah, because yeah, compared I, to some I, of the other games, like a Kirby or something, that was pretty close this time. This yeah, thing, Kirby was like 1992 or three. I yeah, think was, like, around this like time, it was like a 1990 or 89. That was like Batman and Contra had already been out. Yeah. Uh, I think Vice Project Doom, Ninja Gaiden, like games that were starting to push the capabilities of the NES. Uh, and then this one kind of rested more in like a game you'd imagine coming out in like 1986-ish, where they're using like the most basic backgrounds, right? Yeah. Right. Or like the almost on par with, I would say, like the first Mega Man. I kind of consider NES games to have, there, there's two like, different uh time periods there's 1990 yeah. and beyond and, and after and then there's like in the 80s and they're just yeah, almost well, like there's, there's some that kind of go bridge the gap and go both ways you know like some some like, of the 80s uh, games look really good and some of the 90s games look really junky but I, I feel like 87 was really the year like when gradius came out uh russian attack like some konami heavy, heavy hitters started to come out they were like, oh, wow. I, you know, you start to realize, oh, they can look like this or they can sound like this. Because I feel like the era before that was kind of like the early stuff was all, oh, we're going to convert arcade games uh, onto the Famicom. You know, so that's like 83 to 85 and same with NES games. We have all these games that are like arcade style games. And then you had stuff that started to drop. Like in Japan, you had Final Fantasy in like 87. You know, you had... 
Dragon Warrior uh, or Dragon Quest over there in like 86 or 87 or so. Uh, so stuff started to evolve, but it, it felt like to me like 87 to 1990 or so was when things really started to cook. And then mm -hmm. after that, it was just like, it was jelly. It's yeah. Just, I'm with you. It was good. Like everything that came out after that, anything that came out after 1990 and it didn't look great was kind of a disappointment. You're like, come on, guys. I've seen some top tier stuff come out already. Yeah, they should have figured it out by, by that, at that point. And but even, different even companies the, had different budgets. I understand that. That's true. That's true. But even, and I, I guess you can't, they didn't really talk to each other or anything. Like, here, here's no, a tip they on were how in to silos. do this, you know? Yeah, I think unless they, it's it sometimes, because there was a lot of headhunting going on. So I, I think that unless developers jumped ship to another company uh, or they had previous experience with games like, they were just going off of maybe what the company had produced before and you look at Vic Tokai's track record before Clash of Demon Head and outside of maybe like uh, Gogol 13 and Mafat Conspiracy um, and Mafat I think came out after Clash of Demon Head didn't yeah, I think it did because it, it's definitely a more graphically advanced game than, than Clash um uh, I won't necessarily say a better game, but definitely more graphically advanced. So it's just kind of interesting that, like, in my opinion, the Victoka games usually seemed a little bit behind what other companies were pushing the system to do, like the Konamis and Capcoms and HAL and so on and so forth. So you're you telling me... They're a natural gas company. Yeah, exactly. So, but what you're telling me, Aaron, <laughs> you're telling me Kid Cool... Was not a graphically uh, superior game to all of the games. Uh, yeah, Kid Cool was definitely like their prototype for better games like Psycho Fox on the Master System, and and then uh, the Cap Attack. They all use the same sort of engine. Uh, yeah, Kid Cool is just one of those things where it's like, oh, let's play with physics and make it really terrible. We will one day talk about Kid Cool. I don't look forward to it. Oh. That's all I'm saying. No, I owned it, and that was another one where it had like really interesting cover art. I thought the cover art was cool, kid cool, but then like you play the game, you're like, this is, no, this isn't good. It looks good on paper, you look at a screenshot, and then like you try to play it, and it's like trying to play a platformer with roller skates on the whole time. But we're talking about Clash of Demon. We'll yes, we are. Uh, yeah, so when I was a kid, I, I could imagine, I'm just going to picture myself as a kid playing this game, and I would have been pretty into it, I think. Yeah. Because it's a side-scroller, it's uh, mm -hmm. basically kind of an open world, but it's open world in a sense of, uh, like, um, I think if Mario 3 had multiple paths or something, or maybe like a, oh, not Blaster Master, but... It's kind of like a but Metroid, yeah. but this, it, they're, the levels are their own individual thing. They're, they're not all interconnected. Yeah, they're self-contained. Kind of like also um, Bionic Commando in a way, kind of how you can choose paths. Yeah, Bionic Commando where there's like a there's an exit on one side of the screen, but then once you get to the map screen, you can go different directions to get to the next level. Though I will say Bionic Commando's levels took much longer to get through, where in this game... They're more like connecting zones, 
where mm-hmm. they take you anywhere from one to five minutes to get through. Yeah, the levels, all the levels in this game for the most part are really short, which I liked. I like that aspect of it. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, you revisit like, them quite a bit. Yeah, and, and you will notice they repeat, and this has to do more with the budget, I feel like, where it's like they repeat some of the level layouts and some of the graphics. Uh, but it goes by fast enough that it really doesn't bother you too much. And there's lots of secrets. Every, almost every zone, maybe not every zone, but a lot of zones have secret areas and places where, like, unlike Mario, or at least Mario 1, this character can swim. Unlike the guy from GTA, or <laughs> who couldn't swim until, like, one of the later ones, uh, your character can swim. And you can find secret hidden treasure in some of the waterways if you I- dive down. Yeah, I will say it is cool that he can swim, but if you don't have the aqua lung or whatever, then Ooh. you lose life. And one thing I noticed yeah, about the game is yeah. you lose life no matter how long you're underwater. Like, you can't even dip under for just a second without getting hurt. Oh, kinda... you have to, like, skip surface. If you're if you're in there without the aqua lung, you kind of just have to, like, jump out as fast as possible. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Like, the game is basically gonna gauge your progression pretty hard unless you have like some health refills um kind of directing you to oh you better go to the shop and buy some of this stuff yeah the shop is well done i think the shop mechanic's pretty well done in this game the shop mechanic is done is well done i like the idea of collecting money from enemies and buying buying your upgrades and stuff that way yeah it's pretty cool the only problem i had with it is the shop is very infrequent unless you buy the ability oh. to call on the shop. This is very important. You have to go. There's a physical shop location sort of in the bottom center of the map. Yeah. It's pretty easy to get to because it's one of the dead ends that you run into in the game pretty early on. And I think someone tells you where to go to the shop, one of the NPCs. And you go there. And you better make sure that you buy as many shops as you can because inevitably you're going to accidentally run out of shops when you're somewhere way across the map and you're going to have to go all the way back unless you got the warp ability, uh, which happened to me. Before I'd gotten the, the force ability to warp, I was somewhere off doing whatever. And then it was like, oh, man, I can't fast travel, and I have to buy more shops because I can't progress anymore. Yep, that, that happened to me at least a couple of times, where I would have to go back have... to the shop. Yeah, but like, um, the, once you get force abilities, it does make the game a bit more manageable, uh, especially with that fast travel ability. It's like, oh, I can now go wherever I want, and shops aren't such a big deal because I can just warp back to the shop location if I really need to. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. It's not that bad once you get the, the ability to warp. That's how I feel about most things in this game is once you learn the little quirks of it, like how did you feel about you, you, you pull up a shop, right? And, and the, the little thing starts floating down the screen, the little shop icon. Um, I, I almost feel like this is like the, the prototype for, for Just Cause where it's like you could you could buy items in like a guy in like a, a, a in an airplane or something, or like in a helicopter would drop down <laughs> to yeah. sell you stuff. So I feel like it's uh, 
I think it's that kind of direction. But like he comes down, and you notice there's a random chance for things to happen in the shop, and I haven't seen this in any other game. So I think he's like sitting there with his kid or whatever. But there's a random chance that all the items will be half off, which I've gotten like once. There's also that never a happened to me. I didn't see that. Yeah, it happened to me once, and it was the happiest day of last week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, the other things that will happen is that he'll randomly be out of a certain item. And I thought it was like a gated progression thing. Like, oh, I need to go visit some area before I can get the jetpack. And no, like, you know, in some games, it's like, oh, you can't buy it from this store. I think I was playing like SteamWorld. Uh, dig or something or it's like oh you can't buy it from this store because you have to go dig for this item no in this game it's literally oh we're arbitrarily out of this item but if, if you buy another shop and then you pull up the shop again they'll mysteriously have the item back in stock yeah so i, I, I did notice that and th that was kind <laughs> of annoying the <laughs> minor annoyance it's like oh i guess i'll spend my money on weapon power-ups when I really just wanted more uh, uh, force juice. I don't know what to call it. The, you call the, it force the, juice. I just thought force, like juice. force juice. Happy's old moonshine. Uh, and then like the health refill, which is critical in this game as well, because there's a lot of times, like all the enemies are, are it's kind of like Mega Man. They look Mega Man-ish, and they've got the googly eyes and stuff. Uh, it's kind of like robotic and stuff. Uh, they drop hearts, or they, they drop stuff that will re refill your life, and they drop apples, I think, which will re refill your force. But it definitely helps to have that shop around so you can um, refill that stuff that way, too. Yeah, and the shop is where you can buy a lot of the um, more interesting items in the game, too, for, uh, like, weapons and stuff. Yeah, well, so, so let's go through the weapons real quick. All right, let's return to the manual and see if, oh. this, see if there's some stuff in the manual. There's, yeah, there is. They they lay out a lot of stuff. In the, this is a pretty good manual, by the way. So if anybody's curious about the manual, this is one of the better ones. <laughs> um, so let's talk about this. Let's just talk about all the stuff, okay? So we'll just go through the manual here. The special suits, okay? So there's the hyper boots, which is make you fast, uh, which I didn't find a whole lot of use for myself mm -hmm. uh the aqua lung which is uh this is speed up possible without a decrease in power the aqua lung and then oh, yeah, uh, go the ahead water. Yeah. yeah getting in the water that's the best that's the best part uh then the jetpack which is awesome this game you can you get that jetpack and you just go pretty much anywhere you want right yeah uh, and then the super suit, which is for the ice and lava. So there's, those are the main suits that you get. And you talked about the graphics earlier about how they were kind of mm, not that there, great. There, there are some areas where in, it looks better than others. I was about to say, in, this, in, the, in regards to the character himself, I thought the yeah. graphics were pretty awesome because he changes oh, yeah. based on he's the suits you get. He's very expressive. He, he makes funny faces whenever things are happening. Like if he's... On the ice, he looks like he's like slipping, and he, he kind of makes funny faces. And when he dies, and all, all that kind of stuff. The character he's climbing up and down the ladder. Like I thought that was pretty unique. 
Uh, and I love how the game remembers when you're wearing a suit or not when you transition to a cutscene. Well, cutscene, I put in quotes. But, you know, when you when you go into talking time. Yeah, talking oh, time. yes, talking and, time. And it'll show that you're actually wearing your super suit or you're wearing your, uh, your aqua lung. Yeah, I thought that was really cool, too. Yeah, so I think the character artist uh, and the, the guy doing the portraits might have been different from whoever was doing the backgrounds, but I, I don't know. The backgrounds are the backgrounds is what is most lacking, I would say, in the graphics department. They're, yeah. they're kind of lazy, and as I, I mean, I hate to say lazy because that implies that they weren't working they're hard, but they're a bit smacks of effort. Like I, I think it's cool when you go underwater, or you go to like the ice cavern areas and that seems like they put a little more effort into it but there's nothing cohesive there's no parallax scrolling or anything in the background that makes you go oh there's something off in the distance if i can only get there you know that sort of thing yeah exactly what's interesting about all the people that were involved in this game if you look them up like the artist which there was only one listed kazu kazuaki kinashita and and like the um, designer and programmers, really, they're only credited for this game. It's like they were just a one-off group, and then That's I don't crazy. know. And it's crazy too because there's no credits in this game. There's no credit scroll. That's true. So, yeah, it must be all from the manual or from just people documenting it. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe they just made these names up. <laughs> that's very possible. I mean, people make up names all the time. I mean, Michael Kelso, that's a made-up name. Yep, sure is. You don't well, think I give my real name out? We're looking at the manual the show, again. Right? Can I just can I just bring up that uh, when you go to the characters? Yeah. Uh -huh. And they list three characters. Yes. One of which is Mary, Bang's yeah. girlfriend, a a prisoner? Question mark. <laughs> is she, is she a prisoner? Yeah. Well, there's, there is a part where you... Mm, spoiler. Yeah, you it's do a bit of a spoiler, but... But I won't tell you what happens when you run into her. I mean, this game's only 30 years old. I think it's okay, Aaron. I, well, I think what happens is... I don't think she's a prisoner at the beginning of the game, but then you run into her, and, and Mr. Bang himself is very surprised. Like, Mary, what are you doing here? And she's just like, come closer. And, and then... That's when he's like, no, something's wrong with you. And then, like, she blows up. Yeah. Fake Mary. Faux Mary, as we like to call her. Or was that uh, the fake plum? I think that was a fake plum. No, you run into Mary somewhere else. Um, but I think she was a f uh, fake, too. Yeah, this game's got a lot of weird twists and turns in it. From... It does. I did not complete it. I did not end up beating it. But I made it pretty far into the game. And there's a lot of weird, twisty turns that happen. Yeah, like you're supposed to get the seven medallions, but I think you only end up getting five. And then, like, you run into uh, a big, big boss, um, and you're like, "Give me the medals!" And it's like the the demon creature. And what's funny is like, the game makes you lose the first time, and you're like, "Oh no!" Like, game over, man. But then, like, you hit continue, and it's like. Uh, Billy Billy Bank, uh, Billy Banks is like, uh, no, I'm I'm done with this. Like he's seriously like, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not even gonna try right now. So he just like hightails it, 
And then once you get like this special sword, which can only be used in like two places in the whole game, or like one place, uh, I think not like two, maybe. And then he's like, ah, oh, now I'm ready for you, sucker. And so that's when you can defeat the demon, demon dude. But it, it pulls one of those like um, X Men thing where it's like, oh, I have to get a game over <laughs> in order to continue the game. If you remember X Men, but X Men on Sega Genesis was a worse, a worse example because the game literally instructs you to reset your game after you've made all this progress. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty ridiculous. I thought what this game, I thought that this game was trying to do something cool, but I, I, it felt strange. To yeah, say the least. strange elements, but it's, it's one of those games where it's charming enough that you're willing to overlook some of the goofier elements of the game. It's definitely a very unique game. I will give it that. Now, what about uh, some people have called it a Metroidvania? How do you feel about that? Uh, I don't think that's entirely accurate. I, I don't think the Metroidvania or even that particular genre was well established until around the time of Super Metroid and uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night is when the term started being bandied about. Um, I think this is more of that loose adventure, action-adventure uh, type game where there weren't so many hard and fast rules about how to do these types of games because there there were even a few games before Metroid that had that sort of progression. On, on NES, I think of things like Goonies 2, I think of Legacy of the Wizard, uh, have this sort of open-ended feel, even Castle Quest, where you can go into any room you want um, and you're just trying to find how to how to beat the game i feel like this one at least gives you a few more hints um than those games I, I think it's even a little easier to progress than maybe metroid is because metroid it's all about finding you find a specific item that's gating your progression and then you go back and explore an area in this one you at least have people going all right i'll meet you at route 22 or I'll meet you at Route 19. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's kind of a stretch to call it a Metroidvania. I would call it a, yeah. an open-ended platformer, maybe, uh, where <laughs> you can kind of go and do whatever you want. But it's still yeah. basically a platform game. I There's think still um, things you have to do to, to beat it. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I think the... I do like the fact that this... I think this is an easier open-ended game than a lot of the open-ended yeah. games on NES because it Either. does kind of tell you where to go. There's a lot yeah. of... Um, there's there's a lot... There's a lot to write down while you're playing it, you know? And making a map is a really good idea. Because the map itself... I mean, now you can just take a picture of it. But when it came out, you had a cool-looking map problem was none of the stuff none of the routes are actually numbered on the screen so anytime someone says route 22 you might scribble it down but you're like i hope i find route 22 otherwise what you should be doing is playing the game and then every time you get to a junction where you can pick multiple paths you want to write down the numbers there yeah, write them write them down yeah. and then when somebody says go to route 22 you can look back to your map and you'll see where that is and you'll know where to go uh, or, or take a polaroid picture yeah or take a polaroid or, or in the case of uh 
modern times do what I did and just use guide. Because this game, this is a game for me that, you know, I don't, I'm not against using guides, first of all, but uh, I think this is a game that is m more enjoyable with a guide because this, it's one of those things where, yeah, you can figure it out, but there's really not a lot of guesswork into figuring it out. There's a lot of just memorization of things that you could either be yeah. writing, writing down or just following somebody else that has written it down. This, this feels almost similar to when you had, when you play like a first person dungeon game and you'd have to write out your maps on grid paper, but it's almost like <clears throat> someone's already made the map for you, but they forgot to label anything. Right. <laughs> so, so now that's what we're stuck doing. Yeah, so for me, I think I don't see any problem with just playing this game and using a guide because, just in general, when I when I don't like to use guides, when it's something that I could figure out and really feel good about figuring out, you know what I mean? Like kind of like a like we talked about with the Darkwing Duck last last episode, yeah. Justin. When, like the getting those two one ups, me figuring that out on my own felt good instead because I didn't look at the guide to figure out how to do it. I did it, and it made me feel good to figure out how to do that. This game, um, it's telling me to go to Route 22. I could spend a lot more time trying to figure out where Route 22 is. It's just an example. but Or I could have a guide, and I could just you know, kind of know where to go and just enjoy the game. Is Route 22, now that you mention it, is that the route where you find the, the lady that converts all your gold into money? I don't remember. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why I keep talking. Yes, throw in your gold for cash on Route 22. Yep. That's, yes. That is. That's because there's an infinite money trick, but it's not really much of a trick. It's more of a, the game knows that you're going to want to convert this gold, and so it gives you a limited amount. There's like a spot where you go to the physical shop location, and if you go underwater next to the shop, there's a whole little secret area and that'll lead to a mine so you can go collect a bunch of gold as much as you want and then you can later on in the game take that gold and convert it into sweet sweet cash much like those infomercials where they tell you to invest in gold in this game it's very true you should invest if, in gold now, because yes if, if i would have played this game as a kid and this game had me invest in gold i could be rich today because the price of gold has gone up so much since this game oh, yeah. came out. <sighs> this is true. And, and isn't it weird that you don't just convert gold to money. You have to play a game where it's like, oh, pick one of these choices and it'll be <laughs> 10 times your value in gold. Or it'll be 100 times or 300 times or 1,000 times. And I always felt so dumb when I'd pick the wrong choice, even though I know it's completely random, it's like, oh, you picked the hundred. You could have picked the thousand dollar choice. It's like when you pick the wrong door, it's like, what's behind door number two? Absolutely nothing. Stupid. You're so <laughs> stupid. All right, that's, that's UHF. Yeah. The, uh, yes. well, it's good. It's a Weird Al reference. Uh, yes, then, uh, it all comes back. Professor Blunt. Uh, Professor right. Sounds like a, a rapper that you'd have on like a an '80s rap track by KRS-One or Curtis Blow. 
I'm Professor Plum, and I'm here to. Yeah, I like it. Prefer yes. I just can't stop thinking about Clue myself when it comes to. Professor oh, that's Plum, true. So. Yeah, Professor Plum was a a Clue character, wasn't he? He was, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Anyways, I'm pretty sure it was a Clue. Oh yeah, he was a Clue character. There's there's Colonel Mustard, Professor Plum, Mustard. Mr. Green, somebody, Miss Peacock. Peacock, Scarlet, something maybe. Yeah, Scarlet Witch. Yeah, Scarlet O'Hare. <laughs> Anyways, all right. So the what uh, you know, we talked about the graphics a little bit already. Uh, my final thoughts on the graphics are just that uh, they could have been better, and I feel like they should have been better. But I do like the animations. I think the animations yeah. of the especially the main character, kind of make mm -hmm. up for it in, in the graphics department a little bit. You talking about yeah. like the sprites? Yeah. Okay. And they're a pretty decent, decent size. The the part of the graphics that really bother me the most are the the backgrounds are a lot of samey stuff you see over and over again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, you'll see repeating layouts. Yeah, and there's a lot, of, and and we talked about this in past games. There's a lot of brown and red, yeah. just brown and red everywhere. And well, it, with the mountain, old. right? <laughs> yeah, I know, but it, your character wears red, and he's and he's, oh and yeah, he gets he brown backgrounds. Black. Yeah, and it's just that's true. It's a very drab game. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, yeah, I can see that. What, what did you think of the governors, the look of the, the different governors, which is kind of a weird way to describe the mini bosses? Yeah. The governors who live in their mansions and I did not. like the design of the governors for the mm -hmm. most part. I like the fact that they're a, a pretty good size. They're like maybe twice the size of your character. They're they not too big. They like they were influenced by Mega Man a little bit. Yeah, kind of got a Mega Man feel. The only problem I had with them is, again, with the colors. I felt like every time, the ever all the governors were just like one color and various yeah. shades of that color. Yeah, they, I could I, see I that. I feel like they just didn't play with color well enough in this game. I think they should have just put it on the Sega Genesis and it would have been fine. Ugh. <laughs> All right, scrap this. Scrap this episode. Scrap this episode. And back yeah. to the Big Ricks podcast, guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, now that I'm thoroughly uh, disgusted and yes. Wait, so did, did we? Uh, we didn't really talk about like the normal enemies you face and how they have these weird kind of erratic parabola parabola <laughs> patterns, right? Where a lot of them have like that Medusa pattern from Castlevania, where they just kind of go up and down in a curved motion. Uh, or mm -hmm. some of them do like, like dive bomb type attack. There's not a lot of like humanoid enemies in this game. I noticed. That's true. I didn't notice that too. And a lot of the, there's not a lot of variability in the enemies either, really. No, it's a lot of bugs and a lot of bats with googly eyes and kind of indescribable robotic type creatures. And then um, some fish type creatures or birds or things that'll dive bomb you. Uh, we also forgot to mention one of the most important characters in the game. Oh, yeah. Joe? Michael. Oh. Michael. <laughs> Hello. Oh, hello. Michael, who happens to be an angel. 
Michael's right? your buddy that you. Oh, Michael's the buddy. Angel's the fascia or whatever. Yeah. Right. Michael's the buddy. Oh yeah. Yeah, Michael's. He's who kind gets, of a two-faced. Who gets possessed by the demon or whatever? Yeah. yeah. He ends up being kind of a jerk, actually. Even when you first meet him, it's like I don't take any orders from him. Though I do think it's funny, like you, your character gets this impression that like someone's talking to him and he's like what the heck <laughs> and it's like it turns out to be i think tom guycott trying to control him or something like that yeah hey uh i'm gonna hold on let me do my best nick stevens impression since we have aaron hickman on <clears throat> yeah, what do demons eat for breakfast what they eat deviled eggs <laughs> oh why did the plum why did the plum put sugar under its pillow? Why? So it could have sweet dreams. Mm. Thank you very much. All right. Oh, wait, I got one more then. Uh, what part of the day is the hardest for the demons? Mm. Hardest part of the day? Waking up in the morning. Oh. oh. Get it? Man. D morning. Huh. That was a pity laugh. Okay, anyways. Pity Moving man. on. Moving on. What about the music in this game? Sound effects uh, and stuff. Music. You know what? So you, you know that thing that just happened? That Play that sound sample again that you played? Which one? Can I get a rim shot? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. This is just to explain something that is clearly lacking in this game, and that is percussion. And it's something I, I think I mentioned on Retro Obscura last year, which was there are no drums in this game whatsoever. At all. That's true. They just, mm. just And you don't even notice it at first, but the more you play it, you're like, oh, there's no... Like, they just use the noise channel for, like, gun effects and different explosions and stuff. And the DPCM, which would normally be used for like drum samples, this is like 1990 or 89. You think by now they'd be using something like that, but nope. Oh, so There's, there are some drums. Listen, hold on. Just a little bit of drum in there. It's got a little galloping. That's one example, but you're that's right. Only though. dirt. I, I would say that's only during a section where they know you're not going to be firing at things, right? Mm -hmm. That's true. So most of the main BGM of the game, you're not going to hear any drums at all. And drums, I think, kind of add to things. It's cool to have like a ding-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding. Yeah, drums make a big difference. Drums are cool. Whenever you're, especially in like a platforming game when you're trying to get in a rhythm. Uh, yes, it's hard to get in a rhythm when there up. is no rhythm. You can't get fired up without drums. That's a fact. That's a, a fact. fact. You don't hear it. There are no Metallica songs without drums. Right. And that's, yeah. that's for Metallica multiple starts. reasons. What did you say? No, apparently Lars thinks that he's the only member of the band sometimes because he wants those drums as loud as possible. Especially that snare drum. Yes, Sometimes. that trash can lid on St. Anger. What is... Th yeah. 
I know we've talked about that on the podcast before, but that album, it really, it's, it's like, hey, what's the cheapest system that we can use to record this album? We'll take that. You know, what's the, the dollar store recording kit? Oh, yeah. I want the one that's below that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and let me, we're not going to use any drums on this. I'm just going to like bring some sticks and just bang on random things in the studio. And you can just carry a mic around with me. <laughs> You have a kitchen over here. You have a kitchen in the studio, right? Can I just grab some pots and pans? And... I'm, I'm just going to hit this pan over and over again <laughs> as long as I, as hard as I can and just record it. Have you heard it's the... A... Um, th- there's a guy on YouTube that redid that whole album with yeah. better recording. Yes. It's, I and have it's actually heard that. pretty darn good. I'm like, you almost forget that the songs are sort of lousy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> compared to most I'm sorry compared to a lot of Metallica yeah uh, yeah uh, give me give me food give me fire give me that which I desire hmm I like that song but that's not even on St. Anger but there's oh. there, there's there is the song on St. Anger that's like chase the rabbit fetch the stick <laughs> that's pretty that's pretty ridiculous oh man Wait, sorry. Was give me smoke be fire? That was there. Was that off of like load reload? Yeah, that was reload. Yeah, it was on reload. Oh. All right. Well, I stand corrected. At least I knew the name of the album. You did. Uh, you you may remain on the rest of this episode. So, <laughs> w- would you say that Clash Demon had sort of follows in Metallica's footsteps, and that sometimes they make albums? where one element from the band is completely absent. Like you think of Injustice for All, where there's like no bass. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in their defense, their bassist just died. When they well, yeah, Aaron, quit being so insensitive. I know. What a, what a oh, jerk. I'm insensitive to something that happened so long ago. No, I think if I understood correctly, it was more of like Lars just wanting to be a jerk to the the basis at the time be like oh we're gonna turn you down <laughs> wouldn't surprise me yeah all right let's go back to clash of demon head yeah uh, well we pretty much discussed everything but we have not talked about price and whether or not the game itself is worth it so <laughs> justin i'm going to ask you a question i want to ask you how much this game goes for uh, so get that ready but in uh uh, you know, in honor of Lars and the fact that this game doesn't have any drums, I want to give you a little lead-in. So you got it ready? Yeah, I'm ready. So you can get a lightly used, clean-tested version on eBay right now for about $15. It's okay. not too bad. Well, it uh, used to be like ones you could get for like five bucks, but yeah, the price has gone up a little bit. I think yeah. I probably paid about five or six bucks for it when I got it, at, uh, and that was probably six or seven years ago. Yeah, so it's gone up a little bit, but it's really not gone up that much. I would say for me, at fifteen dollars, this game's totally worth it because this game there's a lot to play. It's kind of a longer game. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, it's not, it doesn't have a battery, so you can't save. You have to use passwords. Yeah, we can talk about those passwords. You have to buy passwords, and the passwords are really long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So the, the, the whole saving system kind of sucks in this game. 
uh, save states in demo mode would kind of be your savior there, yes. I guess. But if you're going to buy the cart, then expect a fairly long game. Uh, you could beat it in one sitting if if you know what you're doing. If you don't, though, that's the problem. Yeah. Because it, if you know what you're doing, it'll take you a good four or five hours to beat the game. If you don't know what you're doing, you're definitely going to need passwords. I don't know yeah. what the speed runs are for this game. Does anybody know? Probably like an hour or two hours. Yeah, so you can expect, even on the speed run, this game to be a couple hours long. I think I didn't beat it, but I probably, to get as far as I did, I probably played it maybe six or seven I, hours. I'd holy say. crap. Yeah, I did to, to beat the game. It took me about uh, about seven hours. And and what I what I recall too is, um, and this was all just, I think it was Saturday. I just beat the game. Um, and and one thing I noticed is is we're talking about speed running. Like if you could buy enough jetpack power, like you can zip through the levels with that jet that jetpack and with the swimming ability. But it's just getting used to dodging the an enemies that can be kind of erratic. You guys ready to have your mind blown a little bit? Oh yeah. You want to know what speed run? You know what? You want to know what the fastest speed run here is? You're gonna tell me it's like 30 minutes. 18 minutes and nine seconds. No I way. It. I don't believe so it. So I'm wondering if they're on YouTube, some sort you of. I wonder if they have some. Is it a tool assisted speed run or is it an? Yeah, yeah, so that's a TAS. But then there's another one that's not tool assisted, and it is like 30 or 20, an hour. 20. 22 minutes and seven seconds. Wow. Like I wonder because I. I I wonder if there's some sort of uh, skipping you can do in the game. Um, there has to be. Yeah. There has to be some skipping so that you put the game in a state where it thinks that you've collected all the medallions or you somehow skip to the top of the mountain and uh, face the, the end boss, who, by the way, is not that hard. Like, he was kind of a letdown. The game he was in general, not as hard as the other bosses. The game in general is not that hard. It's not that difficult. No. It's just... It takes a lot of time and effort to figure out where you're going and to get there. So yeah, it's uh, about it's more about the journey yeah. in this game. Yeah, it's really not that difficult of a game. And there's like for the life bar doesn't go down by it goes up like when you gain life, you gain life faster than you lose it when you get hit. It's like when you pick yeah. up hearts and stuff, your life bar jumps up faster than when you get hit, which is kind of interesting, but. So it's just I'm really, just glad there's not enemies that kill you in, in one hit, except for one exception, the demon guy. Um, every other enemy, you at least can build up. Your your life bar gets longer also, and there's no like cheap enemies like in Castlevania where it's like, oh, hey, here's an enemy like out of the blue that takes up half your life bar. <laughs> yeah, there's not really any knockback either that I can think about. Maybe a, maybe a little bit. I'm trying to think. I don't think yeah, there is, though. Stunned. I think you get stunned, but you don't really have um, knockback so much. And in general, like in general, when you fall in a hole, you don't die. You just go to a different. Like, no, route. you never die from falling in a hole in this game, which is cool. Yeah, there's no way to die in, into a bottomless pit because when you fall into a pit in this game, it takes you to the bottom of a cave, basically, and you climb out of it, and then you can pick another zone. Yep, I thought it was a cool idea. I thought that was a cool idea as well. Anyways, so I say it's worth it at the $15-ish mark. What do you guys think? Worth it? I would say 
it's worth it. I mean, there's enough to play on it. You're going to get a lot of replay on it. Uh, I mean, it's going to take you a while if you don't use a guide or anything. Well, even with using a guide to, to really figure everything out and, and feel everything out and beat it. So I would say it's worth $15. Yeah, I think it's a gem. <sighs> yeah, so uh, you think and, it's a what? I think it's a gem. Can't silence me, Michael. <laughs> I can try. I'm uh, in your ears. Hey, uh, all day. Justin, I haven't really got a good feel. Did you like the game? I haven't got a good feel from you. Well, uh, I, it wasn't a big favorite of mine, to be honest, because I think I spent a whole lot of time when I first started playing it just trying to figure out kind of what to do. Um, and I didn't use a guide at first. And then, so, um, I think as far as looking at back at, if I'd played this game as a, when I was younger, I definitely probably wouldn't have liked it. Now I, I do it's appreciate a, it. Huh? It's a grower, not a shower. Oh God. It's family <laughs> friendly. Okay. <laughs> it is family. I'm talking See about what it. happens. See what happens. I told you about this, Mike. Oh, we, can't you have, we can't have nice things. I know. Um, but it, it's just, to me, there was a whole lot going on, it seemed like, for me to, to really get into it. So it's definitely not one of my favorites that we've talked about, but I do think it's still worth the $15. I think you're going to get enough play out of it, and I think if you spend more time, you're going to... I think this is one where you, the more time you spend the more enjoyable it's going to be. Gotcha. Yeah, and uh, I think, for me personally, I liked it as a kid, and I think I appreciated it even more as an adult comparing it to other games that also came out in that, yeah, you know, at first glance, it might just look like a basic action platformer, but then you play it more, and you get to the shop system, you realize you can unlock all these cool abilities, and then you can sort of go wherever you want. And as a kid, I liked that sense of freedom. It reminded me of Zelda, where it's just like, oh, I can go over here if I want to. You know, they, they were a lot of games are going more towards like, okay, you go to this stage, this stage, you scroll from this way to this way. Here, it's like, oh, well, if, if you want to actually run into this person, you have to kind of weave your way through some other levels to get there. Um, and I think, yeah, it's easy to get lost in this game if you're not either taking notes or following a guide. So I can understand Justin's point. Um, but if if you played it with a guide or you made your own guide, uh, then you're going to get a lot of enjoyment out of the game, I feel like. So I like it. I dig it. It's probably one of my top top 15, top 20 games. On oh. the NES. Oh, can I have yeah. that as a sound clip? I'm taking it. Yes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't want to do. I don't want to go through that work. I, I have know. To somehow cut the music <laughs> I out mean, and stuff. Putting get... work into a podcast. Huh. But I, I, that takes I'm, work. I got this music laid underneath this, and then it's, it would sound weird on every other episode. Anyways. Does it? Right. Do, do you? Mm, I'm trying to think about. I'll just get it from you like a. Well, have you heard on like radio programs where, or like uh, those early morning programs where it's like the music will get louder, uh, and, and I think they're using some sort of 
gate or something where the music will get louder when nobody's talking. And then yeah. when everybody's talking, the music will automatically go lower. And I think it's almost like a, a side chain compression thing, I think is what it is. Almost like that. It probably you're probably right. It probably compresses the music whenever the people are talking. And then and yeah. then releases it whenever whenever it's not. But yeah, some sort of threshold. I'm not yep. going to do that. That sounds like a lot of work just to get to hear you say that <laughs> this is in your top 10 or 15. Now, if you were to give me a definitive uh, clip of you saying this game is in my top 10, then I might use it. Clash of Demon Head is in my top nope, that 10. That won't work. Favorite. That won't work. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We try. Best games that I hate. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, this game's unique. That was that was kind of that's kind of my thing about it. So, yeah. How about uh, how about we do some retrofitted trophies now? Before before we do retrofitted trophies, let me just say this is my favorite of the Aaron from five years ago clips. You ready? Yes. Retrofitted trophies. <laughs> Were you screaming that into a pillow? Actually? <laughs> <laughs> and you were talking about family like. friendly cheese that's what it sounded like it's like <laughs> i was you know i must have been cupping my mouth or something because that's what it sounds like oh man listening uh, listening back to these things definitely makes uh, me feel like it definitely makes me feel like you were trying to not wake up a child <laughs> better yeah much better i like that, that better actually there we go actually, yeah that's pretty good that's pretty good although this that, one's this one's still gonna have a nice warm place in the corner of my heart retrofitted trophies <laughs> <laughs> like you just got a home run <laughs> uh, yeah actually this kind of sounds like it was a run through like the sega sound chip retrofitted trophies it does have <laughs> lo-fi quality to it. That's great. All right, all right. So, did you guys come up with any trophies for Clash of Demon? Hmm. Or do you want to come up with some on the spot? On the spot sounds good. Okay. I wrote a couple down, but my iPad just died, so I can't. Remember. I think I can remember one of them. Okay. Well, I'll go with my first one uh, in honor of. Uh, a Genesis germ joining us for the show. Uh, this trophy is called Sanic? Question mark. <laughs> and that is collect the hyper boots, or buy the hyper boots, oh, I guess. I've, I've got one. Congratulation, which is what it tells you at the end of Ghostbusters. Uh, so congratulation, and that's um, getting the bad ending and blowing up the world. <laughs> Which, if you if you actually if you don't defuse the bomb in time in this game, it's hilarious because it shows you the end scene of the cliff. But there's, but there's no way standing there. <laughs> yeah, it's so grim, dark. It's crazy. And now we're all dead. Thank you. Yes. Um, mine is the Albert Einstein trophy, and that is to get the bad ending because. Uh, Professor Plum is supposed to be a good guy, and he created this new this destructive device. And Albert Einstein said that he was regretted his work in helping create the atom bomb. Uh huh. 
Interesting. A little seriousness, a little serious That's, history talk we're getting, there. We're getting dark here. Yeah. Let me try to bring us out of the pit okay. a little bit. I have I have another uh, trophy too, but oh, but I like to call them achievements. But that's just me. Yeah. Well, you would. <laughs> no, I have another one though. If you want it. Okay. Sure. Sure. So you think of that Greek guy uh, on History Channel, where he's always like, "It was aliens." Mm -hmm. Right. You know that guy with the goofy hair, the poofy goofy hair. I've seen the meme, but I don't know what show that's from. I don't. I've never seen this. Alien civilization or something like that. Ancient aliens, I believe. Ancient aliens. Yeah, and so this the plot of this game is straight out of that conspiracy theory. Oh yeah, because... we didn't even spoil the ending. Yeah, but... you spoil the, if you go get to the ending, you find out there's these creatures that planted humans, they created humans, and they say a millennia <laughs> ago, which isn't that long ago. Right. <laughs> ago, we made humans, and Bang's like, "Too bad, you guys stink." So, I'm gonna save the and, and it's like, it makes no sense why they want to destroy the planet. I think they're like humans are wasteful and they're not as cool yeah. as we thought they'd be. That's pretty much the reason, yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty much it. And, and uh, Billy Banks, Billy Blank, whatever his name is, um, Billy. His response to them is is awesome. Yes. He's just he's just like you know what aliens suck it. We'll take care of ourselves from now. On. <laughs> That's right. We can do it ourselves, just like we did the whole time when we didn't think that you existed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of okay. So there's a lot of games. Not to get too political or religious, but there's a lot of like Japanese games where you have to destroy god for some reason a lot of like <laughs> and like this game it's pretty much what you're doing uh to a certain extent well this game's conception of a god it's just it's just interesting i think yeah i do it like is. the fact that they have a young earth policy in this game too you know a younger earth than even the young earth yeah it's like what <laughs> 1000 years old yeah. yes <laughs> Yeah, you know that Roman Empire, all that? That actually never happened. No, no. never happened. No. There's, there's not even that old. Ever specifically say this is planet Earth anyway? No, that's true. I don't think they did say that it's Earth. Uh-uh. Maybe we're the aliens. Ooh. Oh, yeah, yeah. We created this. That's deep right there. Mm-hmm. Just time on game theory. <laughs> Tom Arnold would be impressed with you, Justin. Oh, he would. He'd probably give you your own spinoff podcast. Oh. Just to talk about conspiracy theories. He probably would. Tom yeah. Arnold's kind of a conspiracy theory guy, isn't he? Yeah. I think yeah, so. he is. Only when it involves yeah. himself, though, I think. And oh, yeah. If you don't believe him, he'll fight you. <laughs> <laughs> we still have got to set up the uh, Tom Arnold fights the two dudes. <laughs> We're working on it. I think that's the only way we're going to get him on the show is if we make him mad, he make he may mm -hmm. like turn on us, and then we'll get him on the show. See, you just yeah. have to show up to convention that he's at, and you know, like he's asking for audience questions, and you like very quickly explain that you you do a podcast where you talk about him a lot, and you just say, hey, can, can you just say one thing for us? Mr. Arnold, can you can you say 
I would be impressed. And like that's all you have to have him say, and then and then the rest of your life would be made. I know. If we could just get him to say, "Hey, this is Tom Arnold," and I'm impressed. That I think be, that's all he, we need. Isn't he doing some show like looking for the Trump P tapes or something? Like, isn't yeah. that like his thing I, now? I it's a going concern at the moment, but that was definitely a going concern for a little while. We should just tell him we have it. <laughs> We've got sure. the on a podcast. We'll give it to him. <laughs> you know, maybe when you do the Wall Street Kid episode. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Let's do it. All right, that's in the, that's the plan then. All right, I think we can move on from trophies. I, I had a couple more, but this is a it's a good stopping point here. All right. See, let's see what Aaron from uh, f- five years ago has got to say about ooh. the game rating. Yes. Game rating. That one wasn't too bad. Slightly anticlimactic after the retrofitted trophies, Aaron. <laughs> I'd rate um, myself a five out of seven. Yeah, well, five out sure. seven. I like the rating system. Five out of seven. Yeah. Um, How are we going to rate the Clash of Demon Head, though? I'm thinking like 80s thrash band or something. Yeah. Since that's what they really need to be. All right. All right, you got one? Uh, not yet. Aaron, you got an idea of how uh, this game could be an 80s? Th- it didn't have to be 80s, just a thrash band. An 80s thrash band? Um, sure. Uh, I don't want to put you on the spot. Everybody just think for a second, uh, and we'll just, uh, you know, sit here in silence like a good podcast we are. Yeah, I'm going to go with... Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go with Testament. Mm, yeah, okay. I was gonna go with. Um, I, I'd probably rate him an Anthrax. Ooh, mm, an Anthrax. Okay. okay. Do you guys have any reasons for your uh, ratings? I I was thinking Anthrax myself, honestly. I, was I think Anthrax because they're a little lesser known to the general population, but they're a good band when you dig in. Yeah. My testament was just going to be because they've got some good songs, but on the whole, not the greatest. Ooh. I'm surprised you didn't go with Dawkins. <laughs> Dawkins or Whitesnake. I'd been like, hey, wrong genre. <laughs> <laughs> like, who's the worst? I can't even think of the worst, quote-unquote, worst thrash band. I'm I mean, it's the best thrash band, band like, you know, you're talking about Super Mario 3, you're like, yeah, that would be like, like, Megadeth or Metallica. And like, what would be the worst thrash band? I can't think of any really uh, I don't bad know. thrash band. <laughs> Guar yeah. is, that would be like, um, more of a style over substance. Yeah, yeah they're just like a shock band or whatever you want to call that. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's a band, I'm, I'm guaranteeing this band right here is bad. They're called the Dirty Rotten Imbeciles. I just feel like that's a bad band. Hmm. Probably. Here's is. one just called Death. Oh no, Death is actually really good. Oh, Death's good. Yeah, Death you is really like, like you really like Death. death is, <laughs> like if, if you listen to, uh, there's two bands called Death, and they're both good. But the Death, where they're like a Death uh, progressive death metal band, 
the singer songwriter guy, he's passed away, but they were a great, great band. If you hear any of their music, like I'm not a huge fan of like the, <laughs> the like the lyrics, but uh, if you listen to the music, it's pretty cool stuff. What do they talk about in the lyrics? Death. Uh, <laughs> I to say satanic stuff and oh wow. Okay. Uh, Anti-Christ stuff. <laughs> um, oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Uh, now I know what, what Aaron's into. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> let's. Uh... So like, okay. So we all had our phase. Okay. Um, it doesn't bother me as much now, but like there were definitely periods where I'd be like, I can't listen to this. <laughs> yeah, I've had those moments. That's probably too bad. Where it's like, oh, this band sounds cool, but they're. What's your favorite? Uh, but, what's your favorite album of theirs? Is it Leprosy <laughs> or Scream Bloody Gore? <laughs> um, no, I don't think you've listed it yet. There's one other one. <laughs> human. human? Yeah. Human. Yeah. Okay. okay. Was that just human? Just human. Yeah. I have not gotten to rate uh, Clash of Demon yet. I was going to go with Anthrax, right. just like Aaron, but since Aaron took Anthrax, I guess I'll go with like a Pantera, maybe. For similar reasons. It's a... Oh, oh I, I found my favorite album. I think it was... Uh, well, one of my favorites by Death is... <laughs> the name of the album is called Spiritual Healing, <laughs> which is a great oh. for a metal album. Well, it says here that one of the... Uh... One of the original members actually left the band, unfortunately, to form the band Autopsy. Yeah. So. And it's funny that those two things are so closely tied together. Death and Autopsy. Mm -hmm. They should go on tour. Here's, here's another band called Slaughter. Okay, oh, yeah. guys, we Slaughter. could seriously just travel through, down the Wikipedia list of thrash metal bands all night long. But that's <laughs> not the Wikipedia, uh, I'm, I, I think it's just because... Uh, I know what podcast I'm on, so I should just shut up. Anyways, let me finish. Pantera's also got a unique guitar sound, thanks to Dimebag Daryl, and that's why I think this game's unique, and that's why I'm timing. Okay, okay we're done with the game. There we go. All right. Moving on. If you, Unless you guys want to just go down the Wikipedia list. It's just, I mean, oh no, I'm done. You go, this is the limp biscuit of Thrash Pit, and I'm like, no, that's new metal. Uh, I, I could like pull an audible and go like this is the faith no more of thrash bands because it's not only thrash but they also do different genres ah, which is like this game where they mix different genres together bam that's Clash of Demon Head faith no more it works oh boy alright yeah. <laughs> uh, hey Garth yep. Garth what do you think about that <laughs> it's what Garth thinks of death. That's, yeah. Hey Garth, what do you think about Aaron Hickman? Ah! <laughs> there you go. <laughs> At least he's honest. Ah, he doesn't think anything of you. Hey, hey Garth, what do you think about what do you think about me? Ah! There you go. See, that's what he thinks about me. Hmm. Garth, you care to weigh in on Justin? Ah! He even think wow, Justin, that's harsh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, Garth Brooks. I think more art towards you than us. 
Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's let's break down some uh, feedback. Let's lay down the gavel. We don't oh. have one of those. Oh man. Uh, okay. Well, hang on, uh, Nick. Let me did let me borrow the gavel for, just for tonight. I take oh. it back. So let's lay down the gavel. And oh, man. This... <laughs> I had, like the law and order gavel sound. Nope. The here's the gavel from the Genesis gems, uh, and this game is officially a germ. All right, moving on. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Do we have a Do we have a uh, intro? To, to... No, no. Five year old Aaron okay. did not give us an intro for feedback. All right. So on the Facebook group page, we have Tom Miller starting us out with, it's a game I hold dear to my heart, and I don't really know why. <laughs> Gotta fix my NES so I can play it again. I've honestly never came close to beating it. Nathan Sweeney says, I own it like, I own it like the gameplay, but didn't invest a lot of time in the game. It's one that's on my list to replay very soon. Andrew Code says, this is one I have not played. I didn't know about it until a few years ago. I've heard good things. Nathan Robite says, I remember pouring over the Nintendo Power that covered it. I tried it a long time later in emulation form. It has interesting gameplay, but I remember being confused at what to do. I didn't have my Nintendo Power when I sat down to play it. Well, the Nintendo Power would have helped you very much. But anyway, over on the Facebook page, we have Keith Rains, Chris Gaines' uh, cousin, Keith Rains. Uh, what do you think think Keith thinks about... uh, I mean, what do you think Chris Gaines thinks about this before we get to Keith? I don't know. You want to ask him? Yeah, Chris Gaines, what do you think about this game? (laughs) <laughs> it sounds is, is strangely he, uh, like Garth Brooks. Yeah, it's like, uh, is he related to Garth? <laughs> Keith Rain says, I used to have that one when I was younger. Uh, it, it was one of my favorites. I remember playing it a lot, especially the early levels. Since I was too lazy to deal with the password system, I should find a copy and see if it still holds up. And then over on Twitter, I've got the Twitter feedback pulled up. For once, All right. we have who do you who <laughs> thinks who do you think's commented on Twitter? I'm hoping it's Ryan Ballard. It's Ryan Ballard. Yes. Who says I haven't heard of this game before? It reminds me a bit of Bionic Commando with a top-down level selection combined with platform playthrough and item management. While the graphics are good, better if you appreciate anime flair. I'm not down with that soundtrack. Yikes. It's not the worst. It's also not it's the kind of it's it. it you it dissed the right. soundtrack pretty heavily. No, I will say, and now you're saying it's not that bad. No, I I think all I said was there was a supreme lack of percussion, and as a NES composer myself, as you guys know, um, there's not a lot of flair in what's actually being composed. There's not a lot of lot of a uh, variation in the duty cycle if you want to get technical <laughs> you said the duty, duty cycle. you hear a lot of 15 percent <laughs> squares which give it a very 
fuzzy sound. I had a pretty good duty cycle today. <laughs> I'm sure you did. I try yeah. to make sure I have at least one really good duty cycle every day. You need to have one. Uh, but yeah, no, the, the, there are a few little, little earworms, but no, it's not it's not the best, but it's not the worst either. It, it's not going to drive you crazy, is what I'll say. All right. Fair enough. All right, do we have any voicemails? Uh, we do. We also have uh, one Instagram comment oh. from Cecil Dredge. It says, I have Ooh. this cart in my collection, but haven't really played it all that much. I'm interested to hear more about it and see if it's Sick. worth a deeper dive. Yes. Yes. I think we yes. all agree that it's worth a deeper, deeper dive. Uh, and voicemails, yes. We have a, we have a couple of voicemails. Uh, let's see. Here we go. Here's one of them. What is up? It is JZNES from YouTube uh, back again. And I see that you guys are playing Clash of Demon Head. I didn't know you guys were playing the Scott Pilgrim video game. Nah, just kidding. Uh, Clash of Demon Head, obviously, is a great uh, NES game. Uh, Big Tokai, which is kind of your like typical third party. You know, like Konami and Capcom are like third party, but they're pretty big dogs when you think about the NES. These guys are like kind of small fries. Did Golgo 13 and stuff like that, but Clash of Demon Head, yeah. Uh, <laughs> to be honest, the only reason I know about this game before, uh, like having played it was because of Scott Pilgrim and the reference there, you know, in the movie, if you've seen Scott Pilgrim or in the, the book or whatever, the, uh, the band that his rival girlfriend is in is, uh, is Clash of Demon Head. So it's kind of funny, but anyway, that was the reference back to this game, you know, obviously, but the game itself, I played a little bit of it. It's pretty good. Um, it's, it's kind of open worldish, like, it's, you know, as much as you can do that on the NES, like you can go different paths and stuff. It's kind of interesting in that regard. And like, um, you know, like the, there's some actually some pretty good, like storyline I hear in the game. I haven't like beaten the game or anything, but I've you know, played a little bit of it. So, so, I mean, it looks like, you know, power ups and stuff. It looks like a pretty interesting game. I'd love to dive more into it at some point, but, uh. Yeah, for sure. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Hopefully you guys found it to be a cool game or whatever. But uh, yeah. Anyway, I guess this has been Jay Z Until next time, uh, keep it classic, and I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks, Jay Z. Always good to hear from. Uh, oh yeah. Jay to the Iza. Uh, and then we got one here, one more voicemail. Aaron, you may recognize this this voice. This oh, is probably going to be like one of the most infamous sound bites you'll ever have from Nick Stevens, but uh, this is probably one of my favorite games of all time. Like, probably top oh. 10. Favorite game? <laughs> it's one of his favorite games of all time. Did you know that, Aaron? Oh, I, I had no idea. Nick, I'm learning new things about you every day. Yeah, we learn something new about him every episode. Seems wow. Like he really he calls me up just to tell me about his top 10 list of games. It's it's kind of crazy. That's really the only reason he ever calls me. It's just he just he just has to let me know every week or every other week. Sometimes I'll hear a toilet flush and I'm like, Nick, you could have <laughs> waited. He's like, man, I I really had to speak to you about this, man. I'm I'm like, oh, okay, Nick. I, I know you had a pretty good chili chili dog with sauce. I understand. Hold on, I'm gonna try to recreate this moment minus the flush. Okay. Okay. So you ready? 
this is probably going to be like one of the most infamous sound bites you'll ever have from Nick Stevens, but uh, this is probably one of my favorite games of all time. Like, probably top Uh-oh. 10. <laughs> Nick, jeez, man, keep it inside. Really? At least for the duration of the Better call. Option, I <laughs> okay, all right. Let's let's wrap this up, Aaron. Uh, serious yes. bit of serious bit here. No more jokes. I'm I'm turning off the foghorn. Uh, so oh. you can tell us about some of your things that you have going on. I know your okay, podcast yeah. no. and your music and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so I do Genesis Gems, of course, um, and I do Retro Obscura when we actually get around to doing it. Um, and the main thing I do, besides uh, work and having kids and stuff, um, the main thing I like to do is make music, and specifically, I make chiptunes. So I write music for the NES, as well as the Sega Genesis, TurboGrafx-16, and sometimes even the Super Nintendo uh, and other related systems. So... Yeah, uh, I make music under the name Daya, and that's D-Y-A, and you can find my stuff on Bandcamp, you can find my stuff on iTunes, on Spotify, on YouTube, on SoundCloud, I am everywhere, you cannot outrun me, outlive me, or escape me, I am out there. So, and if you want to hear my stuff, there it is. And it is all very, go. very good, I, I approve of it yes. all, except for the Genesis Germs podcast <laughs> everything else is great oh thank you and justin where they where can they find us if they don't already know so you can find us on any of the social media uh, platforms uh facebook twitter instagram you can also find us on our website two dudes in nes.com nintendudes.com and nesdudes.com and you can always call us by the calling the number Seven seven five seven retro one, or that's seven seven five seven seven three eighty seven sixty one. Same number, different different ways of calling. Wow. Yeah. Yes, and sir. Shout out to the rest, the remainder of the retro junkies not already mentioned on this podcast. Uh, shout out to the wee guy on YouTube for always Nikolai. Out, yeah, Nikolai, uh, always putting out awesome stereoized versions of NES tunes. I the, have not talked to that guy in a long time. We we had him on Retro Obscura once. We have not talked to him since we were going to have him on for the Silver Surfer episode, which disappeared off into the ether. And uh, yes. I feel bad about it. But we, yeah, he's, he's a good dude. Um, I, I think I remember like, I was so hyped for that episode when you guys were going to do it. I was like, yes, they're going to cover Silver Surfer. And uh, I, yeah, I, I think you so had a bit of a, I think you had a bit of a Freudian slip there. I think you said silver suffer. And, but I think, I you know what I, I said. You meant it. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I said. Yeah. And I meant it. Yeah, I know. I know. Did I stutter? All right. Uh, and good. shout out to the Fox dude for our awesome yeah. logos. Uh, both of our, our switch up logo and our, uh, main show logo were done by him and they're both pretty awesome yes they were so that's uh, I believe that's it if you can support us on Patreon if you want to it's patreon.com slash NES dudes and um, yeah it's good so thanks Aaron for coming on yes yeah. thanks a lot it was uh, thank a lot you guys of fun. for having me despite my my germiness it's always it's okay 
I good. got I got plenty of Bactane over here. No, you know, pure ale. We're all good. <laughs> At least yeah. I didn't give you halitosis. True, true. All right, here comes some music for the next game. See you, everybody.